Amen. Aloha and welcome to Amen Podcast, where we preach the good news of Jesus Christ and how it applies to everyday life. I'm Lokilani, your host, and I'm joined by my husband, Alex, who is preaching about sleep and peace. We're continuing our series in Matthew. We're in chapter 8, looking at verses 23 through 27 in the ESV version today. I'll go ahead and read and we'll get right into it. And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves, but he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even the winds and sea obey him? Amen. Sleep is something that comes directly from God. And the true miracle, the true miraculous thing here, wasn't only that Jesus was able to control the winds and the sea, it was that he was able to sleep in the middle of a storm that was frightening even to the disciples who were fishermen. It says all the disciples were afraid. Four of those guys were fishermen. They had been in storms before because storms came to the Sea of Galilee all the time. What was it about this storm that was even more frightening? It was bigger. It was badder. And Jesus was asleep in it. At the end, they say, what sort of man is this? This cannot be just a mere mortal that the winds and the waves would obey him. They were impressed and amazed by the lesser thing. Even though it was amazing, the greater thing here is that he was able to sleep in a storm like that. Who could sleep in a storm like that? Whatever Jesus knew, whatever Jesus had, we need to get our hands on if we're going to be able to sleep like that. Because mm-hmm. you're going to encounter storms too, mm-hmm. and they may not be in, the, in a boat. Maybe they are going to be in a boat. But they'll be financial, they'll be emotional, they'll be relational, they'll be social, they'll be mental, physical. You're going to have all kinds of different storms hit you. How are you going to be able to have peace in it like Jesus did? Another example of peace in a storm is the story of Jonah. Remember Jonah's story where God tells Jonah, go to Nineveh, tell them to repent. I'm having mercy and grace on them. Jonah's like, I don't like those guys, so no. On his way to Joppa, in a boat with pagans, with heathens, they encounter a storm. The pagans think, let's do all of our pagan, Gentile, non-believer things in order to stop this storm. Jonah has a strange peace. He knows he's in trouble, but he knows where the trouble's coming from. He knows that he, right away he's like, this is, you know, this is on me, throw me overboard. He knows exactly what the storm is. And though he knows he's in trouble, There's a peace about him that the other people in the boat don't have. Do you notice that? He has a peace because he knows what this storm is. That is a peace that Jesus has. He knows that this storm is not the storm that's going to take him out. Mm -hmm. He knows that no man take his life. He lays it down. Mm -hmm. So this storm is just an an annoying alarm clock that doesn't work well enough to wake him up. The disciples had to come wake him up. He knows what the storm is, so he has a strange peace that we know nothing about, a peace that passes all understanding. We need that 
not so we never encounter a storm again. It's so that when we encounter a storm, we have peace in it. That's what we mm-hmm. want. Now, how do we get that? We have to look at how Jesus responds to the disciples. He says to them in verse 26, why are you afraid? Now, Jesus is not a bully. He knows why they're afraid. So he must be asking them something else. He knows they're afraid of the storm. He's not mocking them. He doesn't do that. He's not a scoffer. So he asks this as well. Oh, you of little faith. Why are you afraid? Oh, you of little faith. Fear is connected to the physical. Faith is connected to the spiritual. What Jesus is saying is, let's get at the spiritual storm that's underneath and behind the physical storm. That's what he's saying. He's saying, why are you so afraid? Oh, you of little faith. He's saying, this isn't about the storm, the physical storm that you're afraid of, is it? There's a faith lacking. There's a storm beneath the storm, behind the storm, a spiritual storm that you're really afraid of. What is that, Peter, James, John, Alex, Lokilani? What is the real storm beneath the storm that you're afraid of? That's what he's saying. The real storm beneath the storm is sin and death. It's what happens after the storm. It's what happens in the storm. Really what happens inside of our heart, inside of our mind. It's sin and death. An example of this, my son, Lion, woke up late last night, ran to the living room, was afraid because he had a nightmare about Pokemon. He said, Pokemon are supposed to make me happy. And he was saying it with tears in his eyes. What is the real storm here? He was afraid of two things, his obsession, maybe a slight idolatry with Pokemon, Mm -hmm. but all kids, all kids make idols out of toys and video games and stuff. I did too. I still do. But he was also scared of the death of his relationship with Pokemon. He was thinking, am I never going to be able to play Pokemon again because I'm having nightmares? Do I need to stop doing this forever? There was sin and death underneath the storm that was really frightening to him. And that is true about all of us. Why am I afraid of when I get less views on a video? It's because I have a sin of idolatry of views and attention and accolades and how do people see me? And there's this death feeling. Am I going to have to stop feeling? Am I going to have to stop being a podcaster? Am I going to have to go back and get a job at a church or as a surf instructor again? What's going to happen? Sin and death. That is the real storm beneath every storm that we're truly afraid of. Why are you so afraid of this this conversation that you've been waiting to have? Why are you so afraid of this transition to a new house, a new job? Why are you so afraid of uh, after college? Why are you so afraid of asking her out, asking him out, or breaking up with him, breaking up with her? Why are you so afraid of that storm? It's the storm beneath the storm that you're really afraid of, and that's the storm of sin and death. Sin and death, sin is how you're going to respond to the storm. Death is what's coming after the storm what the storm is going to do to you. So how do we have peace in that? How is Jesus sleeping through this? That's miraculous. It's because he knows his hands are doing the work of God and his life is in the hands of his father. And he knows this is not the storm that's going to take him. The storm that was going to take him was on the cross. Mm -hmm. And he was going to be thrown into that storm, just like Jonah is thrown into the storm. And what happens when Jonah is thrown into the storm? is pagan, non-believing, heathen crewmates experience a great calm. What does verse 26 say? He rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. 
Jesus did that. He rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Jonah is a picture of what was going to happen to Jesus in order for us, his crewmates, his non-believing, heathen, Gentile, pagan crewmates, in order for them to experience the great calm, he was going to be thrown into the middle of the storm, just like Jonah was, except this was the real storm, the storm of sin and death. What happens on the Sea of Galilee is the warm air from, uh, that's hovering above the, the water and the cold air coming from the mountains around the water meet violently, erupting a storm. And on the cross, it was the coldness of God's wrath and judgment and justice coming down from the mountain of heaven, meeting us on the death lake meeting the warm and hot sin and death colliding. That's the ingredients for a nasty storm. And that's what happened on the cross. And Jesus was in the middle of that so that we could have the great calm. And on the cross, what is he telling us to do? In the middle of the storm, what is he telling the disciples to do? He's saying, why are you afraid? Oh, you of little faith. Have faith that the real storm isn't going to get you. That's what he's saying. On the cross, in the middle of that storm, he's saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. What he's saying is, have faith that the real storm is going to miss you because it's hitting me. Mm -hmm. What he's saying is the way to have peace, the way to sleep soundly in the middle of your storms is to confess, is to come to him in faith. With boldness, approach the throne of grace, knowing that the storm hit Jesus. So it didn't have to hit you. This is the only way you're going to be able to sleep at night. It's the only mm -hmm. way that you're going to really experience true rest. Mm -hmm. There's sleep and then there's real rest in sleep. Because mm -hmm. you could wake up after sleeping 12 hours and still be tired. Still be drowsy. You're not experiencing mm -hmm. true rest. Mm -hmm. That true rest is found by going to God and confessing to Him. How do we do that? There's this thing called the uh, Lord's Prayer. And it's a formula, a template that God gives us in how to approach God. And in Luke 11, it says, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, for thine is the kingdom, the honor, and the glory forever and ever. Right in the, right in the middle of that, he tells us to confess. Mm -hmm. He's saying every time you go to God, you don't have to pray this particular prayer just like this. It's a template. It's a plug and play kind of thing. But every time you go to him, and he's telling this to the disciples in Luke chapter 11, every time you go to God, go to him as a father and confess to him your sins. This is where the storm that you're in is going to shrink. Because what we're truly afraid of, what the true storm that we find ourselves in, whether it be whatever thing you're going through, what you're really afraid of is sin and death lurking underneath that. That's what you're truly afraid of. That's what, that's what the outside storm is really covering up. Get to the heart of it by confessing it to him. The resurrection means the storm is not going to beat you. The storm is not going to take you. That's what the resurrection means. Jesus rose to show us that the storm was enough. And him being thrown into it was enough. 
Jesus had to lay down his life because no man takes his life and God is holy. God is holy, holy, holy. That means he must punish sin. He can't just overlook it and be a righteous, good judge. So Jesus steps in, thrown, steps into the middle of the storm, and the resurrection proves that it's over. The wrath of God is appeased. And we are seen as righteous because of his perfect sacrifice by being thrown into the storm. And so, the second coming, Jesus is coming back soon. And when he comes back, he's going to make everything new. When he comes back, he's going to take care of the physical storms. The spiritual storm has already been taken care of. There's nothing to fear because he's paid for the spiritual storm. But we still have these physical storms that tempt us into believing that the, the spiritual storm isn't taken care of. When he comes back the second time, he's going to take care of this, the physical storms. There's going to be no more physical storms, no more pain, no more hurt. He's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. That's mm -hmm. what we have to look forward to. So as we look forward to that, with the promise of the resurrection that the storm is over, when you encounter whatever storm you encounter, may you take it to God and say, God, this storm is scary because of this particular sin in my life, mm -hmm. because of this particular fear, fear is sin, because this type particular worry, worry mm -hmm. is sin, and the death that I'm worried about afterwards. Confess, making confession a daily part of your life. Even if you feel like you have not sinned in any way, think of something where you fell short and mm -hmm. confess it to God. And the storm will shrink because you know it's been taken care of. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you so much for the goodness of your mercy and your grace and how you continue to show us, Lord, that there's no need to worry. You tell us, do not fear. You tell us, do not worry. So many times in scripture, you ask us to really look at the storm that we're afraid of, whatever it might be, and look beneath the storm at the real storm and, and then confess that to you so that we might walk throughout the day with confidence and sleep throughout the night with peace in our hearts. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Question I have for you is um you have it i'm sorry that's okay go ahead <laughs> uh this is the part of the episode called after the amen where we ask you a question to help you apply this message to your life and the question we have for you today is what is affecting your sleep mm. or think of it in peace as alex described as well so what is affecting your sleep i'll go first as always um I love that you said that the real storm is sin and death and that um, the disciples didn't need to be afraid because, I mean, they call him Lord in mm -hmm. this passage. And they, um, having been waiting for the Lord, yeah, you know, they should know the outcome even if he hasn't gone to Calvary yet, you know, like they yeah. should know who he is and what he's capable of. Um, yet they're afraid. And now for us, for me, it's like Jesus already 
won the victory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he already paid the price for our sin. Um, yet, you know, I still give in to worry and right. fear. And it's the same way. Like he could be with me in the boat and I'm still worried and not um, just trusting him and trusting what he, that he'll take care of me. And so I definitely think that worry and um, just fear of the things that I don't want to let go of Mm -hmm. or the things that um, scare me, whether that's like Alex was saying, confrontation, having a hard conversation seeing people that I know don't like me in public, like, what do I do? What should I, should I say hi? Should I avoid them? (laughs) You know? Um, And I was actually thinking about that today. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what can man do to us? Like, why do we need to fear? We don't need to fear people. And I think that affects my peace a lot is fearing people and what they think and what, or what they will say or what they will do. and instead of like, come what may, like, I know that the Lord has paid for the thing, only thing that we should truly fear, which is sin and death. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we trust in him and when we know him, we don't have to fear that because we know that he's paid for that in full. And our um, response now is to just live obediently, trusting in him, following him and taking up our cross Um And I think the only way we'll really be able to do that in life is by being armored, you know, having, putting on the armor of God. And that armor is Jesus. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He embodies all of those things, you know, those pieces of armor, pieces of clothing. Um, And we have the Holy Spirit to help us now to, so we don't have to worry about the enemy's attacks or the attacks from the world or even our own flesh. Right. And so, um, like Alex said, the prayer thing, Mm -hmm. um, confessing to God in prayer, putting on our armor, knowing his word, because that is our greatest weapon Mm -hmm. um, when we're in situations where we don't know what to do or we want to give in to fear or we're worrying. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, that's where I'm at. (laughs) So good. Yeah, confessing. And saying, okay, God, I'm afraid of this person because of what they're, how they're going to make me feel. Am I going to feel rejected? Am I going to feel alone? Mm-hmm. Am I going to feel small? Mm-hmm. Or if I am I going to hurt this person by something that I say? I don't mm-hmm. want to do that. And so yes. all that fear is sin because he tells us not to fear. Mm-hmm. And when we trust in him and we walk in, like you're saying, the armor, then we don't have to fear. Mm-hmm. you know. But it all starts with confessing and going to him. You know, even in that moment when you're at the store and you see someone that you do not like, you do not want to talk to because they've hurt you in one way or another mm-hmm. and you're walking closer to them, just having that moment of saying, God, I am fearful right now. I am mm-hmm. worried right mm-hmm. now because of this person. And that takes an immense amount of humility. It does. Mm-hmm. That's hard. It takes a lot of forceful kneeling. Mm-hmm. spiritually in your heart maybe not physically kneeling down in the aisle at the store mm-hmm. but it takes a kneeling of your heart a bowing of your heart that mm-hmm. is forceful that you have to you have to bend your flesh into yes the will of god submission yeah. submission yeah that's why paul says i beat my body he's saying that 
It's going to take real strong forcefulness in order to bring yourself to a place of humility to confess in the middle of a storm so that you can have peace in the storm. Mm-hmm. And what a friend we have in Jesus, that song says, what a peace we often forfeit because we don't carry everything to God in prayer. Prayer, mm-hmm. You forfeit, you quit it. We don't have, we, here's peace. And then we quit while we're ahead mm-hmm. because we don't carry it to God in like, prayer. Continuing that song too, the consequence of us not doing it, it, it says what needless shame we bear. Yep. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Yeah. And it's so true. Needless shame. He already carried mm-hmm. the shame. He carried, and Hebrews says he despised the shame and looked forward to the joy afterwards, yeah. after the cross, after the storm, the mm-hmm. beauty afterwards. And, you know, this, this, this storm that you're in is going to make you beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, storms, though they're violent and scary, they bring rain and the rain brings growth. Mm-hmm. And so you need the storm. It's not that we're asking God to take us out of the storm. We're asking that we might be able able to have the ability to have mm-hmm. peace in the storm, endure in the storm to the point where we're so confident, so bold that we can even sleep in it. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. And that's what we have at our fingertips mm-hmm. when we just carry our sin and our shame and our guilt and our worry and our fear. And we bring that all to him mm-hmm. in confession. And so... Be encouraged. Love you. Answer the question in the comments. Um, Rate and review us if this message helped you. But it is what is affecting your sleep. Mm -hmm. Let us know. Um, We love you guys so much. Amenpodcast.com to support us and keep it ad free. Um, It means a lot. We're completely 100% supported by you all. So grab some merch or donate at amenpodcast.com. We love you so much. Until next time, go out and be the church. Amen.